Hey, 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 guys. It's Dr. Delvina. Thomas. Yes, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. And I just wanted to tell you about some ways you can follow me. First of all, you can get in touch with me by sending an email to info, I-N-F-O, at D-R, as in doctor, at drdelvina.help. That's H-E-L-P. So info at drdelvina.help. That's spelled D-R, D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A, dot help, H-E-L-P. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. They are um, matching now. So it used to be my Instagram was a little different than my Facebook page, and that Facebook page got taken down. So now they're both the same, which they are both Dr. Delvina, D-R, D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A. And my website used to be drdelvina.help, but I'm redoing the website so soon it will be launched and it will be Dr. Delvina. So doctor abbreviated again, D-R-D-E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A, help, H-E-L-P dot com. You may also follow my office, which is D-R-T, Brain Love. We are DRT Behavioral Services, PLLC, but we go by DRT Brain Love on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Please feel free to follow all and subscribe to those pages. And our website is uh, brainlovehelp.com, B-R-A-I-N-L-O-V-E-H-E-L-P.com. Everything is about help. And we also have a website for us, for our spa and also for our um, CBD and uh, medicinal cannabis licensure. So there's links for those um, websites on DRT Brain Love website as well as on my website when it launches. But feel free to subscribe to all of the um, podcast platforms. Please subscribe on iHeartRadio, on Pandora, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts. And if you're um, a member on Anchor, which is Anchor by Spotify, please feel free to subscribe on Anchor as well. As you know, the more subscribers you have, the better. I do appreciate the the subscribers that I have to date. And some of you have been with me since the podcast started in May 2020. So we're in our third year, and I appreciate your support. And if you're sending a monthly contribution, I appreciate that support. And if you're not sending a contribution, but you're listening on a regular basis, I greatly appreciate that support as well. If you haven't already done so, please uh, do a rating on your favorite podcast platform and share it with other people, man. All right. Remember, brain love. Hey, guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Okay, guys, so it's time for another Sunday night. Uh, It's time for another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Delvina Thomas, a board-certified psychiatrist here in South Florida. And tonight I'm talking about my brothers, my kings, Nigerian men. And this um, this is a pickup on a live that I did on Tuesday night. If you follow me on Instagram... You know, on Tuesday night at 9 p.m., I went live and 
I had a guest on as well, Dr. Haji, who is a psychologist here in Miami. And a gentleman came on to talk about, a couple of guys came on to talk about their um, challenges and relationships, different things. It's still on my Instagram page, so go back and listen. My Instagram is Dr. Delvina, D-R-D-E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A. Please start following me on Instagram if you're not already following me. And to those of you who follow me here and subscribe to the podcast, thank you so very much. So you hear a Nigerian artist in the background. This is DeVito. The song is called Fall, but there are many other artists like Tim's. I love her voice. I played her last week or the week before. Um, there's also Kid, of course, Burner Boy. Um, we're talking to a Nigerian man, and we're going to get our questions answered about polygamy, about multiple wives. Um, during the live last Tuesday, a situation came up with a gentleman who called in who said he had a sex addiction. We talked about so many different things, but I decided to bring someone on tonight to talk about multiple wives. And so I asked him a few questions. We get a little personal. Before we get into that, I also just want to, um, you know, say prayers to the folks out west in Florida and up the coastline. Of course, you guys know Hurricane Ian came through and just it's been disastrous. Killed 47 people at least here in South Florida. If your community has been hit by a hurricane or a natural disaster, you know, we try to make sense of what happened and we try to deal with the stress of the situation. The situation itself creates a lot of stress and anxiety. I was just saying to a friend yesterday, you know, I went to Houston on Friday to go to Turkey Leg Hut. Big ups to Turkey Leg Hut. I see y'all. But when we got back, only went for 24 hours. When I got back the next day, I said, wow, when I came out of the airport, I'm just so thankful. We could be getting back and going home to disaster, to a home that's ruined. Um, if you've seen the pictures of Fort Myers and some of those other places out west, um, it's pretty sad, man. So... You know, natural disasters can create a lot of stress and anxiety. And during the days following the disaster, it's it's quite um, usual to notice certain things. Some common reactions are disbelief and shock, fear and nervousness about your future, uh, difficulty making decisions or difficulty concentrating, not being oriented. Um, also, some emotional numbing nightmares if you were actually there when it happened or even if you saw it on television let's say you evacuated and you watched the news and you saw like oh my god that's the street where my home is located or that's the street where I go to work or that's the street that I jog down so nightmares about recurring um, nightmares about the events and also recurring thoughts about the event also some anger and some irritability like how can God allow this to happen by the same token sadness low mood depression feeling powerless. And I want to say that it's okay to feel powerless. We really don't have a lot of power in this world like we think, right? In any moment, the higher power guy can press a button and end this thing. I don't know what you believe in, but I believe in that. Also noticing changes in sleep, changes in appetite, being tearful and crying. It says for, you know, we say for no reason, but the reason, of course, is the trauma. Also anxiety can manifest as physical symptoms, things like um, headaches and pains, generalized aches and pains, body aches, joint aches, back pain, stomach problems like upset stomach, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. 
Um, and sometimes people will try to self-medicate with drugs and alcohol. Let's not do that. I want you guys to do certain things. I want you to avoid drinking and using drugs to self-medicate. Ask for help if you need it. Go and see someone. If you don't have insurance, you can call the natural dis- not the disaster, pardon me, the disaster distress helpline. You can call or text them at 1-800-985-5990. Again, 1-800-985-5990. It is dedicated to providing crisis counseling and support 24-7 every day of the year. It's for anyone in the United States that's experiencing emotional distress or mental health concerns because of a, a hurricane or a natural disaster. Please call them. If you have insurance, go on your website and look to see what mental health professionals take your insurance. If you don't want to go on the website because you don't have internet or don't have electricity, call on your phone. Call your health insurance plan. They will help you with the list. They can email it to you, can fax it to FedEx or whatever, but they can email it to you. Do something positive, like try to help one another, help your community, help your neighbor, give them information, share information. If you're not involved in a a natural disaster, send care packages for people. Send care packages for people who may have lost their, their homes, their jobs, their relatives. Take one thing at a time. People under stress, it can be unbearable. So just pick one thing. Like today, I'm going to go and, you know, maybe you're driving to the next town over that wasn't hit. You're going to get a grill because you don't have a grill. Maybe today you're going to follow up with FPL. Maybe today you're going to pull wet clothing from the house. Maybe your house wasn't destroyed. You can go inside. Maybe your plan today is just to pull out all the wet clothing. Maybe your plan today is to pull out all of the the wood that's been soaked and, and ruined. Maybe your plan today is to take out whatever was ruined in the house. But just do one thing at a time. Try not to think of everything you have to do at once. Just try to take a little bit at a time. Try to do things still for fun. When we're under stress, we should still do things like go for a walk. Maybe um, do something to help us calm down. Do something enjoyable. It may be limited because your town you know, if it's a disaster like what happened in Fort Myers, you may not be able to go and go to the movies or go to the library and sit down or go to Starbucks. But find a way to do something. Do not watch the news about the disaster. Again, do not watch the news about the disaster. Limit your exposure to images of the disaster. Don't watch or read the news over and over and over. Take care of yourself. Try to get rest. Get some, um, go out walking again. Exercise. If you smoke or drink coffee or caffeine, try to limit your intake. Nicotine and caffeine can add to your stress. People don't know that. They feel like smoking cigarettes help them to de-stress. That is not true. And I'm almost finished with these tips for coping. Spend time with friends and family. Spend time. If you can, if you can leave your town, if your job is closed anyway, leave and go somewhere else. Go to a friend's house. Go to a family member's house. And remember, talk about it. Don't feel like you can't talk about it. Don't feel like you're being weak by talking about it. You are not. Please talk about it. Hey, and if your phone is still good and you can charge it, pardon me, guys, I've been sick a little bit. So sometimes my voice is going to have these fluctuations um, because of my upper respiratory illness. Um, Anyhow, listen to this podcast. It'll make you laugh. It'll take your mind off of everything. And most importantly, it'll teach you how to cope. Hey, guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? So 
tell us, you're you're the expert tonight. You're talking about Nigerian men and relationships and marriages and monogamy and polygamy. Are you from Nigeria? I was born in the United States to to Nigerian parents, but I was maybe couple of months old a few months old when we moved back to nigeria so i spent my entire childhood in nigeria amongst my family who were all based and rooted in nigeria i went to all my educational process right up until the beginning of college where i came here for college so most of my childhood is um nigerian experience and nigerian culture because i was i grew up in nigeria and then i came back here so now i have both perspectives that kind of gives me a little unique view on why I would say it is not a good man versus um, promiscuous man issue is more about two different cultures that have different cultural norms, period. Well, thank you for that. Well, you've convinced me you are the expert tonight. So yes, let's take the couch. Okay, Yinka, thank you so much for taking the couch with me. The first question I would have for you is, um, what do you think about the stereotype of your men? So I'll say it like this. I think the stereotype is external opinion. But what I'll say is the internal um, culture um, is designed differently. Where in more recent history, it was acceptable for men in Nigeria to have multiple wives. Notice I didn't say multiple girlfriends. I said multiple wives because, yeah. again, that was the you know, cultural umbrella, so to speak, that kind of governed how family were designed. And this is not like you know, 200 years ago. This is recent history to this day that it's a cultural norm. So that gives a little bit more tolerance to men who are now in the Western world, some of us who live here, to adopt and probably you know, align with that view of I could have as many as I want as long as. Yeah. So, okay. So where does the stigma come from? Why do we think what we think? Where do you think the stigma comes from? As long as I'm able to take care of them with my time or resources. So, you know, the, the, the stigma in the Western world comes from just a different culture Especially especially when you know that just taking that plane to Nigeria, the mindset is different when it comes to relationships. Now, there's people who are modernizing that. I guess the newer generation, they're like, you know, having the public image of um, being uh, in, in a monogamous relationship. But underneath all that, there may be some extra marital affairs, right? So uh, Western culture is forcing the, the, the Africans to adopt this idea and they're doing it, but it's mostly publicly. Now there's some who are doing it um, 100% in, in, in some. Wow. So you make a, a good point in stating how societal norms force people to do what they wouldn't naturally do. You're basically saying that guys who don't adopt the African culture or the polygamy culture of having more than one wife, that uh, these folks are sneaking to have extramarital affairs, I guess, to satisfy their desires. A hundred percent in some real um, committed 
marriages and relationships. So I'm not going to take away from those who have the uh, completed the psychological transition of making sure they could, you know, maintain a one-on-one relationship and they have the discipline to do so, um, which is, again, something that goes against what the culture is telling you when you look back at your own family history and you see how many um, wives or or partners your ancestors had, your father, grandfather, great-grandfather. So so tell us a little bit about you and your family and I guess get a little personal because you're from Nigeria and we, we want to know. So um, an American, I guess you would say an American Nigerian, um, what do you think about, what does your family do in regard to relationships and marriages and how has it influenced you? So, so interestingly enough, in my case, um, most of my family tree had um, a, a polygamous structure you know, from uncles to my grandfather, then in, in, in later years, my own dad, you know. Um, but but my grandfather definitely took it, you know, to new levels, you know, having over over 13 wives and, you know, about 30, 30 plus kids. Wow. 30 plus children. Wow. But again, the, the that was a different level. And most Nigerians would tell you that you had to have incredible wealth to be able to pull that type of large structure off because normally it may just be a three wife situation and or two wife situation or something like that but that that size was an overkill um that needed to be supported by incredible amount of wealth mm-hmm. you cannot have what you say 13 wives and 32 grandchildren and and not have um a lot of money Man, that is that is something. Your grandfather had to be had to be rich. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. What about what about you personally? How does this affect you personally? If someone asked me the, the question when I was in my twenties, the allure and the and the fictional glamour of having multiple women would have probably been you know, an easy answer. Like, of course, polygamy is it. But that same question, if you ask me in my 40s, I'm like, wait a minute, how, how is it going to work? What's, what's the logistics behind how we're going to manage the, the family structure and the, and, the, and, the, and the resources? So it's not an easier question anymore at this age, at least for me. But I can tell you, when I was probably young, it was like, oh, for sure, that would be something that, that would be easy to sign up for. But now it's it's not as... You know, it's not as uh, I would say intriguing or, or interesting um, in 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 other age. Even though I know one plane ticket away, it's a different mindset, and that's becoming a stigma here. Yeah, that's at maturity. <laughs> that's at maturity speaking. What about your thoughts on the stigma of Nigerian man? of Nigerian men and your thoughts on monogamy? I'll say that stigma is unfair because we're not talking about, you know, good men who are committed to their wives versus Nigerian men who are not able to commit. 
we're really talking about a different in cultural norms. That's what it is. It's nothing to do with good men versus Nigerian men who can't commit. It has to do with Nigerian men have a different cultural norm that either they grew up in, they're raised in, they're self-taught, or they self-discover that my culture has normalized this. Which goes to the point you made earlier that it's entirely possible that monogamy is not natural. And so that's uh, the Nigerian perspective on that. Mm-mm-mm. And I can't speak for all Nigerians, obviously. Yep, 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 and yep. My gosh. Yeah, monogamy, you gotta, you have to work for. And I've spoken to people who say, oh, when I was in a relationship, it wasn't hard for me to be committed. And I think that's more so a woman's mindset because of how we're raised. You know, we come into this world being told that you must remain a virgin until you get married. Um, We're not taught about dipping and trying different flavors, if you will. Um, So we create our mindset from a young age that dictates how we maneuver in personal relationships. And that mindset is that you find your one Mr. Right and you marry that person and that's who you're with for the rest of your life. Um, But there are plenty of women who have not been able to do that, who have not been monogamous, who have not been faithful in serious relationships or marriages. So we know that it's not just men who fall for the desires and the lust of um, of another person outside of their outside of their serious relationship. So let's go back to your grandfather for a second. Um, I just spoke about how women are influenced by how they're raised, what they're taught. How did your grandfather shape your thoughts on marriage and on relationships and um, whether to have one woman or multiple women, how did that, uh, how did that affect you? Yeah, and, and I'll say that absolutely. I think learning about my grandfather kind of shaped my idea of the universe of possibilities <laughs> when I was considering how I want to shape my own life. Like, okay, if my grandfather built this system and, worked for him amongst other ancestors and uncles that I saw firsthand, you know, um, it must be something that could be adopted easily and clearly works um, for whatever reason. I don't know if it was easy. According to you, it was very expensive for him. So, um, but you saw him make it work, so I could see how you would say it was it was easy. I can understand that. Um, did you ever try to maintain multiple relationships at any point in your personal life? I'm curious. I think when I was much younger, it was easier to try to balance multiple women in, 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 in relationships because there was not the level of responsibility that, that you would have now. You could... You could balance as much as you want when you're young because you don't have too much responsibility, both family or professional. So definitely, I think in my younger years, it was something that, you know, was not was not really, you know, uncommon for me to to date multiple people or, or even have, um, you know, extra relationships on top of my existing relationship. 
Um, but as you get older, and I'll say now, it's, it's something that you look back and say, man, how much time do you really have? And how do you juggle? Yeah, sorry to cut you off. And I think that a lot of American men do the same thing. They try to date multiple women when they're younger. It's just that they don't tell that, you know, they don't. Okay. And what, what, what does that take away from you, both from your own mental health and your financial resources? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Um, and I think, too, that's what affects men also is the financial burden of trying to date multiple women and be in relationships with multiple women at one time it can become expensive well guys that's it for tonight's show i hope you learned something i hope uh, my special guest helped to explain some things regarding polygamy and nigerian men and um maybe one day we'll talk to a jamaican man about jamaican men because that's the other culture that I hear from a lot of women, Jamaican women, that they will not date a Jamaican man because Jamaican men have insatiable love appetites. Let's just say that. But either way, um, I wanted to say I don't think any man is above just being with one woman. Uh, but I hear so many stories. My, my, my. All I can say to folks is to be honest. Be honest in whatever you're doing as a man. Be honest. Like, these Nigerian men, they're polygamists, and they, the other women know there are other wives, there are other children, there's other situations happening. So everyone's on the same page. The thing that is not cool is when you're trying to be sneaky and hide it, and you're not being honest. That is not cool. So if you're being honest and the women are with it and they agree then hey go for it I guess Um, especially if that's what's a part of your societal norms for the folks who are struggling you're in a relationship where you don't want to share your mates then I think you have some things to think about because you can find someone who is like you and wants to be in a committed relationship and not share one another so don't give up hope Guys, thank you for joining me on the couch tonight. I will be back. Coming up, I have episodes with some great guests. I don't want to I don't want to mention those guests at this time because, you know, uh, I want to record first and then once I have those uh, interviews recorded, then I'll mention who the guests will be. But please join me on Instagram live. It will be most Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. And um, I have a special guest this Tuesday night. Hopefully, he'll still come on and join me. I will see you then. If you're not subscribing to the show, please press subscribe and follow on iHeartRadio and Pandora, as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I appreciate your listenership. Have a great week, people. Brain love. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, 
Everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes, learn from them, and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. Thank you.